Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your morning with your co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Hope everybody's well. Arsenal versus Fulham, Arsenal versus Everton, and then obviously Arsenal versus the big game that, in my opinion, uh, save our season, as they say. But yeah, Arsenal taking on Fulham. Um, you know, you know my thoughts of the league at the moment. It's we've been blowing so hard in cold, and it's, you know, one moment you're getting your hopes up, we can do it. The next moment you're like, ah, oh, who cares? But um, you know, Arsenal taking on a Fulham side who had so much to play for. Um, uh, uh, but like you know, as an Arsenal fan, this game was you know it wasn't as one that I was heading to go. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I was watching it, but. You know, we've been let down so many times that I didn't hold my breath. I mean, going to this game, you know, so much positivity, as you know, said, you know, tails up from the last two games. And then, I mean, honestly, I mean, I know we normally uh, go through the, the match and, and I'm kind of jumping the gun. But, I mean, where, where is this consistency of this team? Because, I mean, look, okay, we line up with, with Matt Ryan coming in for Leno. I think it was also much, much uh, deserved. Yes, definitely. And, Bellerin holding, Gabriel Xhaka leading the back line, Alneni Sebeos in uh, that holding midfield role, so slash attacking, and then the full-out cams were Saka, Smith-Rowe, and Martinelli with Laka leading front line. I mean, from the get-go, I mean, I don't know how you were feeling like when the lineup came out, but I mean, I started already feeling unsure when I saw that, so, because for me, it was almost like too drastic of a change with, you know, with a two-week um, break before the uh, that eventual uh, Europa League time. I really thought he could not, like Arteta would not go into this game with a more, sp- uh, you know, stable squad, maybe tweak a little bit where he needed or where people need rest. But I just think for me, like my personal take is, I mean, look, you saw the league, the way the league is panning. I really thought, I mean, try to get something where you can just be somehow in touch, sort of touching distance of like even seventh or eighth. But every time we, we almost like we're just getting onto the tails or whether it's Spurs or Everton, and we like do a stumble again, and that's so frustrating. No, it's frustrating, and that's why I say you know, not holding my breath because you know, you, you watch this Arsenal side, and, and, and if you look back, you know, prior to, to playing Fulham, points we've dropped, you know, leading up to the Fulham game. If you added two points here, two points there, uh, oh, uh, two, two points here, you know, you could have had six points more and look where we'd have been in the table. I mean, but it's like you said, all, we spoke about it, you know. On on our, in, a pre- in the previous episode, where we kind of said, you know, how are you going to play this? You know, are you going to go safe? You know, play a full string side. You know, get the job done, and they can kick their feet up. You know, till Everton, or or you're going to actually go, you know, full string. Because now you look at it now, we 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 play Everton, and then we go and play only the next Thursday. So the the guys have ample time to rest in this. But I guess Arteta's take time to you know give everybody a chance, but uh, it doesn't work. Gabriel still uh, after yeah. such a solid start of the season, he's very shaky, and and, and we battled a bit. I mean, like uh, one point. I mean, I, while you know talking, I actually jotted my down on my notepad here. Um, you know, for me, the shocking contrast is you look at the way they attacked against um, what was the team in the last round we played in the Europa League? Slavia. Uh, Slavia. And it was, you know, all over, all over the place. I mean, the score could have even be close to double figures. Then you take that game when you play against Fulham. You know, sometimes they're huffing and puffing, but there is no cutting edge in the final third because, I mean, look, the game started off like perfectly. I mean, uh, uh, Martinelli 
get an early chance. Then you see Martin and Legan forces Ariola into a safe seventh minute. So you all see, already see that sort of momentum. And I thought they were not ready to kick on, but it's yes. like that, that, that ball just didn't want to go into the net because either we were overthinking or we were choking up the chances because... That being said, with, with Martin Eddie forcing the saves into the, from the keeper, there was a times when I think he also needed a bit of a cool head to yes. you know, more place the ball and just snap at the ball. Because I think, I mean, that's not my personal criticism of him. I mean, for me, he's a talented player. I like him a lot. But I just think sometimes, you know, you, you can see the chance. And it's almost like he does not do that thing where, you know, when you watch, like I, I was watching Mason Greenwood the other day, where... I don't know if the scores were tied or something like that in the, in the game, or, or the game was like just like you know, um, you know, they were just like and Spurs. I think they were two one up. I think the that game when he at the end Mason yeah, scored, he, make he it three one. Himself, yeah, he just composed himself and he just placed. He doesn't have power anything. Just places it past uh, the keeper, and I mean, it was like you know, puts the game to rest. And I just think to myself, how many times don't we see our players doing this, and especially of the like say the younger players. Some of them do that where they, I don't know if it's like they get to NC or whatever, but you don't see that sort of cutthroat, that, you know, like an ice cold killer type of thing, or, you know, of a finisher. Like in that sort of ranks of the youngsters. Yeah, I mean, even Saka, you mentioned yeah, ice yeah. cold finishers. It's like, you know, there were probably games where he could have buried it for us with his, if he had to just put the chance away, but it just seems yeah. like, you know, maybe with experience. That tweaks, but I mean, you know, to the top players these days, you need to put those chances yeah. away. And I, I know exactly also that shot where you know Martin Nelly was got in Sebios's way, where I think Sebios had a clear shot probably yeah. on balls, yeah. and then yeah, then Martin Nelly like scuffed his shot. But I mean, those are the sort of chances, you know, where a cooler head would have either looked up and seen Sebios yeah. or would have maybe finished it better. So you know, chances again to to put the game. You know, not beyond doubt, but to put our noses in front already and put pressure on a Fulham side who need the result and playing with pressure. So, then in the 40th minute, Arsenal uh, uh, get the goal scored by uh, Ceballos. I mean, fantastic build-up. Then through VAR, they then find out almost like the little toe of Saka's <laughs> offside. And I mean, for me, it, I don't know, but I mean, I know we're hopping on a, a lot about it on on regarding VAR, but I mean, for me, it takes every, like the, the life is so lot of football because, I mean, it's so marginal. I mean, they almost like to bring out like a protractor to find out the <laughs> exact inch of toe that's over the line. And I thought it was like, nah, that, I mean, for me, you know, when you can actually see that sort of like a, a full leg pass or whatever, or, a, you know, a shoulder or the head yeah. over, that fine. I can live with it. But I mean, when it's that fine margins, I mean, whether it's for or against stuff, let the game flow. Yeah, uh, you you can't even celebrate anymore. Yeah. It's like you need to wait, you know, whether you're doing a VAR check and everybody needs to, to wait around and, and wait for a decision. I think, you know, the way it was run in the 2018 World Cup and maybe it is only, you know, I think it's 64 games at the World Cup. But, I mean, yeah. it's, it honestly works way smoother in a, in that in that context where the, the ref, I mean, it wasn't that marginal. I mean, decisions were looked at, but it wasn't like they really protracted and stuff. And I mean, that same decision next week will be a goal again, if you look at it. That's hard to say. I mean, as much as I love the Premier League, I think it's also a trend of laziness that's, that was started in the in the English Premier League. Because, as I said, most of the, the like, if there is a certain, you know, uh, you know, almost like a sniff of, of doubt, you're going to see in La Liga, 
in the Bundesliga, even Liga, you're going to see that officials will say to the, the, the camera, they'll maybe get a, a word in the ear, but they're going to go. And I think it goes also much quicker because you're watching the Premier League because they putting all that power in the VAR's hands. That is why you have that sort of delay of easily like four minutes because, look, yeah. that incident happened like 40th. That was the yes. And then I think by the, by the 42nd or 3rd minute, that was when the decision was finally made. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was quite frustrating, and I mean, then then the goal gets chalked off. You know, fair enough. But I mean, uh, you don't even know when to celebrate anymore. When, when do you celebrate? You celebrate when the the team kicks off only. I mean, that's started, like you said, killing the sport. And then you know, I think we found the back of the net shortly after it again. But yeah. also, a rule yeah. of could have VAR. I mean, uh, it's quite frustrating actually. So second half, Arsenal did come out again in a more positive fashion. Even though, you know, we're already asking for a bit more cut, cutting edge up front because then that's where the biggest problem was. Then Saka ends up bursting down the flanks. The 54th minute, races clear of the defender. But of course, he, I think he ends up miscuing his cross. But I mean, the ball start, it does almost like a Chelsea thing. And it starts turning goalwards and ends up hitting the base of the post and bouncing away to safety. It could, it could be called a sucker specialty if it had to go into the back of the net. Then, 57 minutes, Aina ends up races, racing clear for Fulham. I think Arsenal was like very sluggish, you know, late. Like, so, in the 57 minute, the ball, of course, gets hustled away, but then Lamina then ends up bursting into the Arsenal box. Gabriel looks really, really sluggish. I don't know if he was off his game for some reason. <coughs> Excuse me. Ends up tripping. Uh, you know, the, you know, six out the lazy leg really. By the time he pulls the leg away, players already has a bait for you know tripping over, and um, he ends up falling over. Stonewall penalty for Fulham. Yeah, the the it's a penalty. We need to a bit soft, in my opinion. It seemed, you know, it was very like. Yeah, yeah it was. Know. The thing is, it was light, but when you when they show that uh, that one angle of VAR, and uh, it, it really had me seeing just for just for the fact, because look. When you're going to a full-blooded tackle, fine. I mean, it can happen. It's, it's a 50-50 anyway. But when you see somebody just putting a leg out and giving that play, because you could see that player was looking for it as well. But, I mean, it was so lazy, though, the, 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 the way he sticks his foot out. And by the time he realizes he's made the mistake, he tries to pull his, his leg away. Because I thought to myself, he's going to do something. You remember when Oxford Chamberlain got uh, that Moses, Victor Moses, booked in the FA Cup final? Yeah. Where Moses was expecting a tackle to come in, and that's why he started throwing himself already forward. But then I think Oxley Chamberlain was smart enough, pulled both legs out of the way, and the ref immediately saw it was a, a blatant dive. And I thought Gabriel was going to take a page like that out of the book. But I mean, yeah, but Gabriel, he seems to be, you know, that I don't know, he seems to be battling <laughs> since he's, he had a, a bit of a knock, and, and ever since then he hasn't come back to the, to the Gabriel we know and love from the start of the season. Then 59th minute, like two minutes after the VAR check, Josh Mayan steps up and I mean he searches the wall firmly I into the top corner, beating uh, Matt Ryan. So one 0 Fulham. Yeah, uh, and and Fulham eventually, you know, you could feel wanted it more than Arsenal at that point, and that's why I said, you know, I, I was I was angry when Fulham scored, but uh, also you know that you know even had to be a Thursday night game, I would have been more pissed off, but. Uh, it's yeah. just like, you know, you get your hopes up. You're like, you know, Arsenal, you kick on from here. All it takes is your rivals, Chelsea, through to Brighton. And, you know, they drop points against West Brom. And you're thinking, 
You know, they—they—they mm-hmm. they, 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 only is like two, three, four games in a row consistency, mm-hmm. and you can look, you know, you, where you could be in the tail, but it's just not happening, and it's becoming really frustrating. And, and you know, is it the players? I, I believe it's like you know to an extent the players, but you know we need to do something about it because our consistency can't be this off that we we dangling fighting between ninth and tenth all the time. Yeah. And I mean, what was so infuriating as well with regards to the game? I mean, I'm just going to hop a bit further yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Mohamed El Nini, what was he doing at times in the game? Because, I mean, look, I know you and I talk about always, we've already highlighted that this is one of the biggest flaws of his game when he starts. Like, we're going three quarters up the pitch. The, there's two runners, I think, left and right of him. What does he do? He stops on a dead in his tracks and he turns and he starts playing the ball back to our goal. And I'm thinking, why are you doing this? I mean, the, the opportunity is there. And for me, it takes a, the sting or the momentum totally out of it because you already know the minute he stops in his tracks and turns, like, you know, towards our goal, there's already two or three Fulham players already, you know, just parking themselves behind the ball. And it was infuriating. And I mean, it takes, like, as I said, El Nene is somebody, when you're winning, you put him on and you'll, yeah. see, you know, show up things. But when you are pushing to get a win or, 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 or score goals, he is not the guy. And that is why I think he should also be like one of the first names that you put on that list when it comes to summertime and we start letting go play, letting go of players. Because honestly, when you see a performance like that, then it's honestly not worthy of a, of a um, you know contract extension or something like that. No, no, so, no I, I, was, I, I was a big fan of him in the start of the season, but I don't know what happened to his game where... All of a sudden, you know, he, he, he uh, I actually started watching him more often now recently, especially with yeah. you when you, like, you know, we've been hopping on it more. But I mean, there was times he gets the ball and he looks, you know, where do I go? Where do I go? Instead of driving forward, he yeah. like slows down and the whole team is like, you know, trying to burst forward and he slows the game down. So, you know, definitely uh, an issue we need to sort out. We can rather have an up and coming youngster in that role that, that kind of, um, Ticks the boxes of what we're looking for, and I mean we have we were struggling to create chances against Fulham. We were just missing it because of we missing the creative spark. And like you said, you know, you have Thomas Partey in the midfield, and maybe another deep line playmaker there. Yeah, the thing at the moment, most of these uh, deep line mids even they can't play. A, you know, a defense splitting pass or you know a goal assisting pass from deep. But I mean, if you're gonna keep on playing like that, because for me, you know, when you see that side of his game, it's not like something that is hiding on the field. Urzel used to do that yeah. as well in games, where they will rather play that little five-foot uh, five, uh, uh, side passes or to the back. But then they all, at the end, they all, like, when you go, like, wow, like, you, you, you know, when you look at the sets at full time, the numbers are off the charts. Because the reason you wonder why Urzel or, say, El Nene right now are getting these high numbers in passing, and it's all because they are passing in the direction where we're supposed to be scoring, not like, you know, not in that direction. They just go into our own goal every time. So for me, it's like too many of these, not, and I mean, it's not just him, there's quite a few of them in the team that don't, you know, pick up the ball and drive the team. You can see when, when say, Smith Rowe plays, you see what factor he brings or what is his game, yeah. like his A game. He will drive and, and then just that him playing between the lines cause all sorts of havoc between, uh, you know, for sides, for opponents. But for me, when you see this sort of thinking, it negates everything. Like your game plan as well as it goes out of the window when you see somebody do things like that. No, definitely. And, and especially when you one nil down, you know, it's like we're almost trying to defend a, 
uh, lead, but it's it's not the case. So um, yeah, very frustrating, and it just seems like you know Fulham are playing with so much heart and passion, and they just kept on going and kept on going, and you know Arsenal. You know, didn't deserve to be in the game at that point because they were just playing such a lackluster performance. And I'm, I'm sorry to sound like I'm you know, bashing on Arsenal after seeing their praises last week, but I mean, it's not professional to come in in, in this manner of yeah. of playing a game. But we just seemed tired when most of the players didn't play even on the Thursday. I mean, Gareth Jaka, I mean, I understand, but I mean, he was also you know trying his best and seems to be winning a lot of Arsenal fans back again. But I mean, look. Look, we ended up making also a double change on any Bellerin coming off, Thomas Parting and Pepe coming on, you know, just to add some extra impetus. Then 69th minute, I mean, the worst time possible, luck as it ends up pulling up with a hamstring. Oh, Straight. that was... Absolutely. And I mean, for me, it kind of also took the wind out of myself because yeah. they already, I don't know if you saw that one stat, which was, I mean, I found really for Arsenal being a home team, embarrassing where Arsenal had... 10 shots, one was on target, and we played against Fulham. That's like what third loss, yeah. And they had, Second, think, yeah, third loss, third loss, third loss, yeah. yeah, yeah. Two shots there and two were on target. So, I mean, we that it tells the sort of dis- discrepancy with the, with the numbers with the way Arsenal go on in attack. Not, I think you know, as you said, you know, the biggest takeaway of this game for me was that Lacazette injury and. You know, I've also been harping on Lacazette and saying, you know, we need to, I don't know, do we keep him? But I mean, he's, he's pulled his weight the other latter part of the season, getting pivotal goals, stepping up at at, 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 at intense moments, and he's been doing the business. But I mean, you know, how bad is this injury? you got to wonder. I mean, I, I haven't followed up on that. Do you have any idea? For, for my sake, and maybe the listeners who don't know, do you know his extent of the injury or is it still unknown? It is a strain. It is a hamstring strain. But I mean, look, you, I mean, you've played football as well. You've also had that sort of injuries. Yes, That's yes, yes, yes. But like, even a fortnight is not going to help. Because I personally think, <clears throat> with the players that we have out injured, I think uh, what's it? Odegaard could be for tonight already. Because I saw him. Yeah, we need him. I think we need him back. The, uh, the, the past few days, and then Obama, I think this was also very close to coming back. But I, I, I mean, this Everton game could be too soon. Because look with that malaria, all thing here to not get out of the system. But I mean, he has been now with the club, and I mean, he's on a, out of the hospital a few days already. So that could bode well. I mean, you know, when we go into the Villarreal game. Um, back to the game. Uh, so that 69th minute, then with a lucky like like injury, he was in the place for Eden Ketia. And I mean, when I, when I saw him come on, I mean, I thought it was like, yes. oh man, we need to get a goal, and he's coming on. But, I mean, that being said, Arsenal, of course, throwing everyone forward. Like, you know, that was the 88th minute onwards because, I mean, it was just a barrage. Because, I mean, even Matt Ryan was already playing. Not even just, you couldn't even call it a sweeper keeper. He was playing almost like on the halfway line as a holding mid. As we were not just, you know, pegging. And, I mean, for me, what was also like, the way you could also judge, like, judge the, the, the strain of the game. I mean, not like just for our part for trying to, to crack full of, but watching um, Scott Parker, like his face, like you saw that, that sort of emotion. Like you know, every time there was a break in play, he's calling the players over to him, and, yeah. you know, giving them a drink, explaining to them how to just hold on. And then I mean, like when the clock went up, the the board from the uh, assistant ref <clears throat> to show seven minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, my stomach was turning already here, ninety third minute already. And I'm thinking, where are we going to get this goal? Because 
All our corners were all over the place. Yeah, like, so that's disgusting, actually. It was shocking. disgusting. Yeah. Then, I mean, 90, 90th plus 7, uh, the ball ends up getting finally flowed. I think it was Pepe with a corner. The Matt Ryan of all people comes with a Tony Adder <laughs> flick on. The ball ends up like, perfectly on Ceballos' foot. And I mean, he ends up just smacking a... I think one of the hard, low drives, and I mean, Arreola ends up parrying the ball, but I mean, he, he palms it right into Eden Ketir, stabs the ball out 1-1. Eden Ketir fire scoring again, you know, one of his scrappy fox-in-the-box goals, but hats <laughs> off to Arreola. He actually, you know, kept Fulham very much in the game with all his saves, and, and I felt and a bit sad for them to an extent. Yeah. Also, don't forget all the tricks he was pulling, like that when he, he landed all of a sudden wrong on his toe, and then yeah. taken off. He knew exactly how he was, like, you know, eating up time. But yeah, shame. You can see that uh, our, our um, Scott Parker just felt so devastated. Yes, that that... that explosion. But, but yeah, I mean, we're celebrating a draw against Fulham, you know. It, it kind of says where we are in the league at the moment. I mean, I don't want to know Roy Keane's words because he always likes to dig it in extra hard on us when, when we're doing stuff like that, either with a selfies in the dressing room or, <laughs> you know, celebrating last one that equalizes. <laughs> Although I was just, I went to the bottom of the net. You know, Ateta, there's a picture yeah. of Ateta, you know, trying to, you know, whirl him back to the... The halfway line, but I mean, it ends 1 1. Matt Ryan, you know, pivotal header. And I, I think Saka went to go and take that corner. If I was mistaken, Saka. I think he, he had enough of everybody else messing it about. So, you know, good, good, good corner. If we only had two of those, we would have won the game. But, um, yeah, um, I think 1 1 it stayed, and, and we play Everton in about a few hours' time. It's they probably have a lot to play for more than Arsenal at the moment. I think, you know, I'll be watching the game. One thing I have to get the three points, you know, but also looking my, my one eye on Thursday with players getting injured and all the rest. Yeah, I mean, look, ninth versus eighth tonight. With regards to everything, after a fantastic start to the season, they also tanked off badly in the league. But I think it's also down to key, in, <coughs> key players getting key, like, you know, crucial injuries that really kind of messed up this season because look they were quite a stable squad going into I think the new year and then I think one of the wheels kind of came off because every time they were like say lose like when they would lose Calvert Lewin then uh, you know you got Hamas on on you know red hot form then Hamas gets injured then Calvert Lewin comes back and then I think that was where they had this sort of disjointing thing but I mean look also also of course go into the game with a string of injuries like Tierney, Louise now Lacazette and then of course as I said earlier uh, Odegaard and Aubameyang being now, of course, serious doubts. But I think uh, I, I still have a feeling Odegaard could even make the bench tonight if he does not even start. So that being said, Everton, the key performance of the season has been Hamas, been like the main guy, like yeah, 7.8 yeah. average per game. Then of course you got Calvert Lewin and Dinier at left back. I mean they are you can see all pivotal roles like from defense, midfield, attack. Um, then you got like you know with us. You know, you still got like is it being our top goal scorer and William of all people still being our top assist. And I mean, that can't, that shouldn't even be like with five. And then you got like you know the scorers for for Everton, Kevin Lewin fourteen goals, and you got Hamis with six and Richarlison with six. Because I think for me, key battles for me, Everton's front line was our defense, so yes, you know, I think that's spot on with our defenders. And of course, our our, our 
attack is going to also deal with the 3-5-2 always kept now by Epsilotti because I think he's now keeping this formation now quite often because I was going back on some of the previous games and he, I mean he might alternate the, the three but he always kind of sticks with the back three at the moment. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I think, you know, our Arsenal probably won't be as um, um, pumped for this game. I don't think, you know, they, they, a team, I'm probably putting my money on that Arsenal will ever start very slow and, yeah. and play very cautious while everything will come flying out the blocks. But let's hope they're listening to this podcast in the changing room because they always seem to prove us wrong whenever we have a few negative things to say about them. I mean, I just hope... Like, you know, I'd rather go with a positive squad or mindset also. Because I think a solid showing even tonight takes us into a solid showing also, you know, away from home at Valeria. Because, look, we actually play, we actually look more confident away from home. So that's not the only thing I'm like, kind of cautious about is like, we've not been, you know, really ruthless up front, or not up front, but as a team at home for like, home games. We actually look solid I mean, for strange reason. Under Una Emery, we were kind of, you know, shady uh, when you played away from home. Yeah. And a very strong home record. But I think under Arteta, the home record looks really shocking. Yeah, it, it says why we won the FA Cup, especially the, the last few games. One played at, at the Emirates at all. The Sheffield yeah. United away and then we even played Portsmouth away, I think. And then we've also played, you know, the neutral grounds at Wembley. So... You know, it just seems like away from home hasn't been, oh, um, at home hasn't been good to us. So hopefully we can kickstart and, you know, try to get the business done tonight and we can move on to Thursday, which is probably one of the biggest games of our season once again. Yeah, I mean, with Una Emery now at the uh, home at, at Valeria, they've become also a kind of draw specialist. I think they've lost, uh, they, they've drawn 13 out of the last 32 games. So, I mean, if, I think if he puts them to task, like, you know, just to keep it at, no, no, whatever. They probably will do it. So it's gonna come up, probably gonna come down to us to you know really have a pop at them. I mean, strangely enough, they also having a kind of mediocre season league wise because I think they're seventh in their league. And then of course their key players, Gerard uh, Moreno. Yeah. I mean, he's now totally on fire. I mean, he's like twenty goals. And then I mean the guy that's second has six goals for them. So you know we. Or who is the one that really needs to be stopped in that side? So, uh, what does your take like for the wait tie? How do you, how would you now go out about like the planning and that for that game? You know, Una Emery seems to be a very strong guy at, at home. You know, we've 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 witnessed him. I think Arsenal's the the whole reason kind of why they got them was to the the, the Europa League was making sure they sorted out most of the time their home tie. So. It's a bit of a catch-22 now because, you know, Arteta is better away from home. It struggles at home, so you you wonder the, the strategy. I, I would try to get an away goal somehow, kind of keep it tight till towards the end and push for an away goal. Because I think we need something to hold on to at the Emirates because I just don't sometimes trust us when we... Yeah. It just doesn't seem that the second leg at home works for us. Uh, we, we get through it, but it's it become very nail-biting. We saw against Benfica, we saw against Olympiacos, and it speaks to what you say, that Arsenal struggle away from home. I mean, I at, 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 like at home. Yeah. Yeah. At home. Because, I mean, have we won a knockout tie with... Um, oh, yeah, we did, sorry, against Benfica. I was just thinking, because it seems like we're always battling 
in the knockout stages when we play um, under Arteta at home. I mean, Olympiacos, we, we lost, you know, last season and this season. Benfica, I think we scraped through by the skin of our teeth, actually. We were very, very lucky. And, you know, drawing to Slavia. So, you know, so one win, one loss and one draw. Uh, hopefully, Arsenal can get the business done and away from home because that's where we seem to be strongest. I mean, I wouldn't mind, like, you know, doing a blitz job on them also. <laughs> yeah. You know, the air ground on Thursday night. Because just as yeah. you said, not to settle the tie already there, roughly. So you want to be set, you want um, Una Emre to be standing there pulling his face and scratching his chin. Is that what you want to see on Thursday yeah, night? Something like that. Anything like that. <laughs> we we owe it to it. Um, <laughs> now it's now to uh, as we're now running off the podcast. <clears throat> this whole drama it started last I think late last week. Or well, actually early, sorry, because it was a thing about Sunday evening going into the yeah. Monday. Where this whole plan with the top, it was like a big six in England, and some of the big teams in La Liga and then Arsenal amongst them were trying to opt uh, to you know to bail out of the you know all European competitions as well as um, you know taking part in this uh, European Super League. Um, what was your take when you first heard of it? Because I first, I, I first thought it was. Um, <clears throat> you know, you would hear this gossip, and and I thought it was like internet gossip. It's just. Yeah, there's no truth behind it, but then I mean, when I started seeing people put out official documents and um, you know official you know letters with you know the plans and whatever, and then I thought to myself, "Gosh, is this not really going down like this?" Yeah, I was in shock. You know, when you told me, I mean, you were the one actually keeping me updated with you know the the happening. But I was when 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 I heard like you know it's, it's true they are ready to you know start the thing. I was in shock, you know, because and disgusted by that because. You know, football isn't about, you know, just forming your own league, playing season in, season out. No one gets relegated. There's no, you know, reward for poor performance. Like, it's where you get to, you get a reward for, for poor performance. Like, Arsenal, you know, and you know Arsenal, you know, Mr. Kunke and at, at, at the club as the owner, he's going to take that money and put it in his coffers and Arsenal will end probably dead last every time or, you know, they're at the bottom. We are just to get a seat at the table, and and it is almost as it has an NBA feel to it, where you could also, you know, play poorly the whole season, and if you end up in a playoff place, you can still win. And so, uh, like you know, there's no anything. It's just it was probably a purely money making thing, and I'm really happy that it did not end up going that way. I mean, for me, one of the key points, I mean, I heard, like, of, of ex-footballers was something that David Seaman said the other day. Um, he was talking about, like, you know, when I asked him about this very thing now. And he said, like, look, like, he took now Arsenal, for example, and he said, look, Arsenal now struggling in ninth. You don't know also if they're going to make the corrections, like, you know, going to the summer. But then he said, like, now, now just take, like, based on form, you're putting, you, like, say you put Arsenal against Real Madrid, Barcelona, um, Atletico Madrid, Man United, and, and also lose like say three or four on the bounce. Then all of a sudden, the other teams are already you know doing a you know a big jump. So you almost like at the end of it, just playing in an exhibition games. And what yes. was because there's no you know as you said now there's no whether relegation thing or promotion. So it's almost like you you always just gonna play safe. Where do you yes. see that kind of intensity of wanting you know? Honours or major honours. So I think this was like a plan 
Well, look at your plan. It was more cool that they were trying. And it, I think it blew up in everybody's faces of those clubs. And, you know, as an Arsenal fan, for the majority of my life, for me, it was really embarrassing. And I remember you told me, uh, Mornay, uh, I'm not sure like how to, how to feel. Because on the one hand, you're thinking, wow, uh, imagine doing that. Not that you were siding with him, like to, to go for something like that. But you thought, you know, it's like you're stabbing everybody else in the league outside of that, that, that six, that big six. Yeah. Stabbing them all in the back. It also make the league what it really is, like one of the you know the best marketed league in the world. Yeah. So I mean, I was really shocked, and I mean, you know, as an Arsenal fan, disgusted at this whole plan. And, and I mean, now <clears throat> to see everybody of these owners now wanting to do, do almost like these apology tours. <laughs> I mean, I honestly think that the bridges have been burnt for a majority of them. I mean, you already saw some aids rolling, like like with. The um, what was the guy Ed Woodward of Man United? He's already left the club. Um, I think Juventus also. One day he lost the CEO yeah. as well. So I mean, you can see, and you know, no, <clears throat> whatever. I think so. It always gets almost like kind of underplayed. But wherever you see things like this playing out, when I saw the names also being mentioned of whoever ends in this whole thing, Raúl Salnés involved in this whole thing as well. Um, Ivan Gazidis is also involved in this also. Oh my word! <laughs> so I tell you, this thing it has to be you know really you know thoroughly cleaned. And I mean, what what is also frustrating is like, you know, you love Arsenal, you want the best for them, but I mean, you know, there's going to be some sort of repercussions also coming from this because, as I said, this this was also like a breach of you know of a Premier League club. I don't know, don't know yeah. if these know about it, but. There is a law that states when the Premier League was founded, if you even attempt something like this, it can be you can face serious, serious repercussions of legal action. Oh, let's hope for the best and let's hope this thing doesn't get ugly again. Yeah. So do you have any other talking points as we round off the podcast? I have just an interesting fact that has been going, not a statistical fact, it's a question I've read or checked. Out, but have you checked Mesut Ozil's form at Fenerbahce? I mean, he hasn't picked up a goal or an assist currently. So, you know, it's a, it's a good thing we probably got him off our books at the moment. No, the only time I saw him was him curled up in a fetal position on a stretcher being pulled off. <laughs> That's the only yeah. time I was, honestly. So, so I haven't seen any much of him. I mean, it just seems like he's struggling at the moment. You know, it wasn't doesn't seem like it was Arsenal's fault. At all, I mean, it seemed like the player just ran his race, and I think you know he maybe yeah, peaked yeah. quite early and young in his career. I mean, he was you know on the scene at very young, and something like the Rooney, you now you know riding off into the sunset. But yeah, I just thought that would be interesting. I haven't followed it much until recently, just to see you know have we let the gym go like we normally have whenever Arsenal let players go, they normally go into overdrive. Yeah. Okay. Number that. We're going to end the podcast. We hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully, we can make it at least somewhat uh, competitive. So, enjoy, guys. Bye. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. And hopefully, we can get three points. <laughs>